Right, welcome along to another episode of the How I Caught the Wrestling Bug podcast. And I'm delighted to say, joining me is uh, someone who I believe has listened to every single episode thus far. Jeremy Feinstone, how's it going? I'm going great, David. Thanks for having me on the show. Did you know David is my middle name? I did not, but I know now. It is a fantastic name to have, and you, uh, you carry it well. Oh, thank you very much. So we've got all the compliments out of the way to start with. That's good. Um, so obviously you're not really a, a sort of fellow podcaster, although you do sort of um, pop up from time to time on like the, the book club um, Zoom calls. I, I know you're doing the locker room stuff as well. In fact, you're going to do one of those right after we finish recording here. Uh, no sort of a- aspiration to start your own podcast at all? Uh, you know... I'm really, I'm really just dabbling right now. Uh, I turned, I turned 40. Uh, I'm kind of in the best place I've ever been in my life. Uh, with, uh, just getting married to my wife, two dogs, everything's going well with, with work. Yeah, there's coronavirus going on, but, um, just personally, I'm in a good place and I was looking on what I wanted to do next and, just developing a friendship with Garrett, I I saw an opportunity to just kind of jump in when he offered a kind of a place to see what I could do, and I'm just kind of putting my feet in the water and seeing what what works for me, my man. How long have you known Garrett for now? Uh, well, only a couple of years. We, oh, okay. I didn't. Yeah, I, we. Uh, we just started twittering back and forth during the uh, uh, a WWE pay per view in San Jose, the one where Becky Lynch, uh, Charlotte, and Asuka had the ladder match that Asuka won the title a few years right. back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, had that turn of a Dean Ambrose Seth Rollins match, and then the <laughs> really great uh, AJ Daniel Bryan match. So that's where actually that's where we first started talking, and then he just started inviting me to hey come to this show here. You want to meet Dave Meltzer? I'm like uh, okay, sure. <laughs> uh, so it just kind of like he was just part of his community online. He he practices that in his real life as well, and just kind of brought me into the fold. And you ended up sitting on uh, Dave's couch. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. I, <laughs> it's baffling, man. Like, I was a college kid reading third-hand what Dave Meltzer was writing in whatever website was parroting, but paraphrasing, oh, the, whatever. The news, the news with the Z sites, as we call them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, Mr. Tito, that was a guy that I thought was like, oh, the greatest guy in the world. I don't, I don't know who he is, but I don't even read him anymore. But that's... I was just reading whatever I could find because I was a poor kid that didn't know how to get the, the information I was looking for. So obviously the first question I ask everyone, as you know, on this podcast is what is your earliest memory of wrestling? So when did Jeremy Finestone discover wrestling for the first time? There's a, there's kind of a mishmash of things. Uh, WrestleMania four. Um, that's not that's Hogan. not the best introduction. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, there's WrestleMania four. There's the Hulk Hogan Rock and Wrestling cartoon, and uh, Saturday Night's main event. All of those things kind of coalesced into this 
curiosity that I'd gotten, like, I'd seen something here, or I'd seen something there, and then they had the, the Superstars Saturday morning show, and that's what got me, was the Superstars, that gave me, like, some thoroughfare to follow week by week by week, even though if I wasn't catching everything. And which uh, wrestlers, you know, really captured your imagination as a kid? I'm guessing Hogan, you know, would have been one, and maybe, like, Macho Man? You know, it was, Hogan was the guy. Ho- Hogan was the eat your vitamins, say your prayers, yeah. you watch this guy, you're like, I want arms as big as that guy, and I want to be in the movies, I want to do all this stuff, this guy has it. And then I saw Ultimate Warrior... And I was like, ooh, no, this guy has it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, those were the two that I had watched. And everybody else was kind of in the orbit. There was Jake the Snake, uh, Rapshing Rick Rude, Bobby the Brain Heenan was a guy that like was always there and I always hated. But I always respected him <laughs> after the fact because of how much I hated him. Right. Uh, all of those kind of guys were all in the periphery. And then around WrestleMania 8, I kind of bowed out so what was the uh, the first live event that you attended okay so i knew i attended a live event for my 10th birthday and i had to go look this up and i found it and david i'm not gonna lie to you this is a garbage card <laughs> this is a garbage card and i'm going to read what they have here this was the 5th of January in 1991. I remember maybe one thing about this. So I'm going to tell you this, but then we're going to talk about the one I really remember. Okay. So, 5th of January, 1991. Long Beach, California, 9,600 people. The Barbarian beat Jim Brunzel. The Big Boss Man overturned Bobby the Brain Heenan. I don't know what overturned means, <laughs> but uh, I don't think it was a match. Sergeant Slaughter downed Jim Dugan. Demolition overcame the Bushwhackers. Sama Simba toppled Buddy Rose. Roddy Piper defeated WWF Intercontinental Champion Kurt Hennig by countout. <laughs> WWF Champion the Ultimate Royal Warrior rolled over Randy Savage. I remember the boss man Bobby Heenan. I don't remember anything else about this. You don't remember Warrior and Savage? No, I was I was ten years old. Because that would have like, been that would have been right before their WrestleMania Seven match, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whole thing, amazing. Like looking back, I'm like, all right. And they had a they had a tour, and I uh, it was funny. Marcus Mack was looking at a card, and he had the timeline of going to the next card up in the Northern California area a couple months later. So. There is a timeline here that's really interesting, but that was that was the first card I was ever taken to live by my dad. Uh, but then about ten years later, I went to a I went to an indie card, and this indie card is pretty amazing, my man. It was called UPW Truth. Uh, and is Coffee this is this going to be? This is not your best live show you've ever attended, though, is it? No, no. This is no, the one okay. I remember right. going to at the first card. Okay. Yeah. No. This is the this is the first card. Um, it had. John Cena on it. It was his first lot, first singles match he ever had. Oh, wow. It's the yeah. prototype. Samoa Joe defeated Staz Johnson. Uh, let's see what else we had here. Mikey Henderson defeated Takamishinoku. 
Evolution, which had Frankie Kazarian and uh, Nova defeated Ricky Reyes and Rocky Romero. And the main <laughs> event was Kurt Angle defeating Christopher Daniels. Wow. 20 years ago. That is some call, isn't it? That was the first card I remember going to. That's not a bad one to go to, though, is it? No, no, not at all. I mean, I saw. I, I mean, did you see? On. Did you see the potential in John Cena right away, or or, or not really? Uh, yes and no. He couldn't wrestle worth a damn, but he looked amazing. He looked just ripped to the gills. Like he was, he was Lutz Luger times ten the way he looked. It was unreal. Uh, but he was brought into WWE within like a year, and within a year later, he was on the roster. And three years from this match, he was winning the world title. Right, yeah, 2005, wasn't it? WrestleMania 21. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you said that you sort of stopped watching around the time of WrestleMania 8, did you say? Yeah, I, uh, I had fits and fits and starts with, uh, with wrestling. I never really followed WCW as a kid. And then I got out, because it just wasn't cool wrestling, and I was into comic books, even though comic books weren't really cool with a lot of people. My friends and I were just more into comic books, and I wasn't really paying attention. And then around, uh, I don't know, four or five years later, junior, senior in high school, a bunch of my friends were doing the Degeneration X, you know, if you're not down with this, I got two words for you. And I didn't even know. Like, I, I was so just checked out of wrestling that I had no idea what they were talking about. And so it wasn't until college, uh, about 2000, that I got back into it again. Which led to the UPW show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the next question is, at, at any point did you lose interest in wrestling? Yes. So yes. there's a, there was sort of stops and starts there. But was there any point where you just completely were like, I can't, I can't watch this anymore, I'm done? Uh, there was never, there was never a, I'm done. Like, I, I, I have to drop everything and walk away. There were points where I had to make a choice not to focus on it or pay attention. But I always had, like, one little bit of, like, I kind of know what was going on. So I would say between, like, right after Chris Benoit died, that was the point where it was just like, I don't, I can't, I can't. And then I kind of stayed into it, but I wasn't. ECW wasn't doing it for me. The Spectre and Raw shows weren't doing it for me. There wasn't really anything else, and I wasn't ready to go hunting for Ring of Honor stuff. Uh, you know what I mean? So yeah, there was that. And then uh, I got married at the time, and that that was a stress on my life. Uh, it just it wasn't a good marriage. So. I I stepped away from it then, and I actually got married the week that CM Punk cashed in and won the world title. Right. And I I was I wanted to find out more about it. I just couldn't because the internet was one of those things. And I had this moment like when I was like I I should probably like this is way too important right now. Um, I need to be focusing on this, and that was kind of a clarity check. So I did kind of step away from there, but I came back around WrestleMania 28. WrestleMania 28, is that was what, 2011 or 
2012. Uh, 2012, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The uh, the downturn of my life, and that was kind of synonymous. I was watching WrestleMania 27, which was The Miz and John Cena. Yeah. Uh, that, that match, and then they made a plan for the next year, like, it was going to be The Rock and John Cena. So it kind of gave me something to look forward to, and I don't want to say that it, like, kept me going, but in a way, like, you know, it's just, there was something on the periphery that you could look forward to, and when you, you're just working and things just aren't great, something like that can mean the world. And uh, it did at the time. So that was actually probably, if that if that match had never been made, I wouldn't have gone to would have gone to Miami. And if I hadn't gone to Miami, my life would be very different right now. Right, okay, we might come back to that in a sec then. Uh, yeah. But uh, what are your sort of viewing habits now? I mean, what what do you watch uh, on a week to week basis? I mean, do you watch um, do you watch any WWE? I mean, do you watch Raw and SmackDown at all now? Um, I have them taped. I tape them every. And if it's worth going through, or if I have time, I'll throw it on in the background. I do not make a priority for the the main WWE shows. I will watch AEW Dynamite. I will throw Dark and Elevation on in the background. Nothing that I'm like, ooh, I have to watch this. But, you know, if I burn through podcasts and I'm on the computer, I'll just throw it on on YouTube in the background and and go at it i'll follow the new japan stuff and then i just rely on everybody on the forum for ring of honor impact uh although i'm i'm getting more into impact for obvious reasons with the uh with the podcast with uh mike gilbert and jd oliva that were just you know two new dudes and the expert going through the impact show (laughs) yeah i've tried i've tried to get into impact but it didn't really it didn't really happen but uh yeah <laughs> brave men have tried foolish men have tried sometimes they succeed god bless mike gilbert though that's all that's like he is all right. he is a great guy he is he every time i've interacted with him he's just nothing but um great people the uh, rapid fire questionnaire which as i say every week i don't know why it's called that because it really no. isn't rapid fire but the first question is favorite wrestler of all time. So Shawn Michaels. Shawn. Okay. Okay. Right there. <laughs> I don't think I think you're the first person to say Shawn, aren't you? I'm trying to think of uh, anybody else. I might be. Everybody went Brett or Owen. I felt yeah. like, and it was just like I I like Brett. I really do. I do not debate for a second that that's the guy for a lot of people. He's just not for me. So Shawn yeah. Michaels, even though. Even though, like, I was away for that first, like, generation of him. Like, I saw the Heartbreak Kid era with Sherry and all that, and I missed the DX. I might not even have that answer if I watched that stuff. But when he came back, and I was watching, and he had that run, starting with Triple H at SummerSlam, and you just saw this guy, like, had gone up five gears from anything you've seen before, and he was just a better person. How couldn't you root for him? No, absolutely. He was he was he was a different guy. The the, the Shawn right. Michaels you got in in two thousand two uh, was completely different to the one that retired in ninety eight for sure. Um, yep. Favorite match of all time: Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels. 
Has someone uh, now help me out? Is has someone picked that one before? I'm trying to think. Yeah, it was <laughs> you, but I can one up you on that. I was there. Okay, I've got I've got no I've got no response to that. <laughs> uh, it, I it was a Christmas gift from my mother, and my girlfriend didn't want to go, so I took my brother with me, and we actually had these seats in which I could look down. And about 20 feet was uh, where Motorhead performed and Triple H came out for the main event. That's how right. close we were to the stage. But uh, between that and the Money in the Bank match, that was that was a phenomenal WrestleMania to go to live. It wasn't my favorite like uh, show of all time, but if I didn't if I hadn't seen that Shawn Michaels Kurt Angle match, I honestly don't know if I would be in love with wrestling the way I am now. Yeah, it was just so well done. I mean, the storyline they told, uh, because, I mean, they've been on different shows the whole time. You know, when Sean came back, he was on Raw. Kurt was on SmackDown. It was a dream match. We'd never seen it before. I think it all sort of started at the Royal Rumble, didn't it? I think, was it was it Sean eliminated mm-hmm. Kurt, I want to say, in that Rumble? And they had a couple mm-hmm. of back-and-forth things. Obviously, everyone remembers uh, Kurt coming out with Sherry and doing the sexy Kurt thing and all that. And, yeah, it was just a... Uh, Tremendous match. I absolutely loved you know what, it. You know what I remember more than anything else about that match was the suspense when Kurt had Sean the on the outside of the ring oh, and he okay. wanted to right. jerk and suplex him. Oh yeah. And he yeah. pulled and he pulled and you were you thought this was the end of Shawn Michaels. There's no way he could take this. And then they got out of it. And you were okay with it because it looked like the scariest thing you would ever see in your life. It was amazing. Yeah, no, they I... made you believe. It was a, it was, it was a game changing match. The best show you ever attended live. Everybody's been saying, and I can't disagree that NXT Dallas show, the Takeover, that was that was a hell of a show. That was a that was a really good show. I have a lot of shows that, for sentimental reasons, mean a lot to me. But if we're talking about the best show I've ever seen. It's either that or the the New Japan Cup or no the New Japan Show with uh, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi versus the Young Bucks in the main event. One of those two shows were the best show I've ever seen live. Yeah, Takeover Dallas. I mean, I think it was uh, obviously it was Balor and Joe, wasn't it? And Asuka and Bailey, and obviously that great Nakamura some uh, Sami Zayn match, which uh, just yeah, just the energy. Uh, you know what I mean when you're just like you're in a show. And like you're just feeling it. Uh, I know you haven't really been to a, a show live, but you can feel it through. Just like when something's hot, and you're just like you're you're like it's just channeling through you. It it's there. It was it was unreal uh, when I was there. But it's it's the friendships and the stuff like when the the things that you make about wrestling that I really appreciate and about these shows are the people that you go with. And like the memories and remembering the things that happened there. And those are honestly the best parts of the shows. It's just like the stories that you have afterwards, like getting to talk to you and telling you all these cool things that have happened as a result of being in wrestling. Like that's amazing, man. I'm just, I just, I pinch myself. This is so much fun. No, it is. It's a great, I mean, I, I can't remember what I was doing 
online before I join the Fight Game Podcast Facebook group. And uh, it takes up so much of my time online now, but I can't think of a better way to spend it, you know, because everyone is so great in there and I've gotten to meet so many great people through it and obviously had them on the podcast. So yeah, I, I completely agree. But going back to Nakamura for a second, I mean, sure. I actually went back and looked at his debut on SmackDown the other day. And that guy was so, that guy was so over. I mean, it says a lot when you've got an entrance theme that has no lyrics and everyone's singing along to an entrance with no lyrics. I mean, he was, he was so over and they've really, I don't know if they've dropped the ball with him more than anybody else because there's, there's a lot of people you can maybe make that argument about, but he's got to be up there, I would say. Yeah, he had the entrance right after the Miz lost to to Cena, right? Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because I think so, yeah. I think I think Miz and Maurice were still sort of dressed up in that Cena and uh, Nikki get up, weren't they? I think when he made that, he had all of the momentum in the world. Yeah, all the momentum. It it amazes me that like there are so many can't miss prospects like Nakamura that just they missed. <laughs> well, the, the latest one now is, of course, Andrade, uh, who just... Oh, uh, that breaks my heart, but really it is. doesn't, because I, I want to see him in the prime perform like he's the, as good as he is. Where would you like to see him? That's a very, very good question. I, I kind of feel AEW has too many guys. Um, I just don't think that he would be a featured guy there if he went there. Uh, I think Impact is not a big enough stage. I'd like to see him go somewhere. I don't know. I really don't know what to say to that. I, I kind of, I kind of wish that he'd stayed in WWE in a way. I just don't know where he could go that would, he could really sort of, you know, show what he can really do. Because um, I mean, he could go to Ring of Honor, but again, that's not really a big enough stage for him. I don't think. I can't see him going to Mexico because I, I can't imagine Charlotte would want to move to Mexico, for one thing. But I... I, I, I honestly don't know, but... Uh, I mean, have you got somewhere in mind that you'd like to see him go? You know, I would like for him to have some type of open contract where he can go wherever, but AEW is his home base. Um, I just... That dude is a star. He is. That dude, yeah. that dude, that dude can put people into the seat and be like, yeah, I'm going to watch what that guy's about to do. Uh, and it's just, it's a shame that you have him and you, you you wonder why people aren't watching a show and you have people like that that can get you to watch a show and they yeah. just don't because... do anything about it. And I just, I want him to have an opportunity yeah. and, I, and I think that that's where he's going to get the opportunity. I mean, they've been looking for a top Hispanic star ever since Eddie Guerrero died. And to me, he's been the the best they've had. You know, I, I would say he's a better choice than Del Rio. I think he's a better worker than Del Rio. I think he's got more going for him. Uh, I'm also a big fan of Angel Garza as well. And I, I don't know what they're doing with that guy. I mean, he was, wasn't he like paired with Miz and Morrison for like a week and they've done nothing with him since? Was it Miz I think so. I'm, I'm sure he was with Miz and Morrison, and then they just—I don't. I'm not sure what they're doing. It's such a blur. I remember Austin Theory was somewhere in the mix there, and then Angel and Andrade, and then Angel. Yeah, and maybe for a cup of coffee. It's just—it's <laughs> like, 
it's such a shame that you have all these talented people and you can't even keep track of what they're doing. I know. A big part of me, a big part of me, would love to see him and Zelina both just show up on Dynamite tomorrow night. I would, I would pop huge for that if I, if they both. I mentioned it somewhere else, but I would love for the Death Triangle to be a Death Pentagram with uh, Thea Trinidad and Andrade showing up with that stable. That to me would be a lot of fun. Yeah, but I that would be that would be like the wildest fantasy booking ever. Um, I know a lot of people want to see him back in uh, well, Singapore's down in New Japan. Yeah, I sure don't see him going to Japan for uh, no. uh, two weeks for six weeks. Yeah. So, but the the death tri the death triangle to a death pentagram would be my thing, especially since everybody seems to have a faction now in, in AEW. I mean, this show will be dropping the night after Dynamite, so maybe he did turn up last night. Who knows? He may have done. <laughs> Probably not. Probably like, not, no, but we can dream. I, if, I, if I had to guess, there's a lot of people tuning in because they think he might, but it's better to just be like, oh, yeah, maybe he'll tune in, or maybe he'll show up, and if he does, he does, and if he doesn't, he doesn't. But these shows are so good lately that you should not be showing up wondering if he's going to be there you should be watching these shows because they're the business obviously we go we go off on tangents on the show all the time but aw yeah. i mean do you think they have got too much talent now i mean i know they've got this extra show but when is enough enough i mean they've obviously just brought in big show who i guess will wrestle maybe like once or twice a year i don't see him being a regular performer if he does perform at all, I'm sure he will have a match at some point. Uh, but you've got Christian, who's being thrust right into the main event picture with with Kenny. I mean, I don't know. How do you feel about all this? Because you don't want to run the risk of becoming like TNA. I'm not sure. I don't think they will. But, I mean, yeah. When, when is enough enough? I don't think we're there yet. Um, it's, a, it's a good question. We, you're watching it, and every week you're like, wow, there's a bunch of people that aren't on the card. Wow, why are those people on the card? Wow, why is that the main event? And you know what? Those are legitimate criticisms. There are 15 different ways to build the same card, 100 different ways to build the matches within the cards. Um, within that, he's building a wrestling company that is trying to compete with WWE. I mean, we don't talk about how big is too big for WWE, even though they can't manage the seven shows, I think, and 300 people on the roster. Where is, where's Tony going to get, Tony Khan going to get the wrestlers for the next generation? You know, where, where are they going to, they, they got to come up with their own farm league too. So yeah, we got dark, we got elevation, nobody's making you watch. They gotta get better, right? <laughs> yeah, no, so absolutely. Yeah, you have you have that you have that on the bottom end, and what's on the top end, like Christian, Big Show, they're not taking up the main event every week. You got Christian showing up in the middle of the show, teasing that he's going after the the title. If he wins the title, I'm gonna wonder, and I'm gonna have questions. But deep down, Christian isn't winning that title, and that's fine. Somebody's gonna like watching Christian. No, I think, 
sorry, I, I, think, I think the guy that's going to eventually beat Kenny, or the guy that maybe should eventually beat Kenny, is is probably Adam Page. Oh, one hundred percent. The whole, the whole like cycle and, and the circle has always been Adam Page from being treated from the bottom of the elite to losing all these matches, and then you have him building up his confidence and yeah. having like real friends there. <laughs> it's it's a great story, and I don't know how long Kenny's going to have these titles. I don't know what titles he's going to have over uh, these other shows. Do you, do you, it, it's a, like obvious that he's going to win the Impact title, right? Right, yeah. I, I mean, I can't imagine that Rich Swan will beat him, so yeah. Do you think he's going to have any other titles between the AEW, the AAA, and the Impact title? Do you think he'll show up at Ring of Honor? I wouldn't uh, bet against it, personally. It, it, it seems weird. So even if he did that, you have what we're looking like is some type of Summer of Omega, where he's just all over the place across the southern like United States and Mexico, basically carrying a bunch of belts. Yeah, he's not going to lose until he loses the AEW title. And you're right, it should be Hangman Adam Page. And the thing is, Adam Page is not even 30 yet. I think he may turn 30 maybe this year or maybe next year. Um, so much potential. So much potential in him. So much potential in MJF, who's only just turned 25. You've got Sammy Guevara, who's, what, 27. And I think Darby's about that age as well. There's so much young talent coming you through. And, acclaimed. And the acclaimed, flight. yep. Uh, you got Bath Caster. Like, right, <sighs> yeah. And you look at Dada yeah, and who... Who have they got in WWE? Austin Fury. And who else? Uh, they, yeah. I, I honestly, I don't pay attention to the NXT, like, people that they have because they, they've they trained me not to care. You know, like, right. NXT, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I hope they're going to be great. But everything that I've been shown from those shows is that they want to create a product, not create stars. Yeah, and no, so I agree. It's yeah, hard. so hard to get excited for WWE. You can get excited about AEW. There's something for everybody. They're booking matches so that you're seeing things you want to see. You're getting excited for what it is that you have out there. And so, like, Big Show, Christian, like, whatever. They're not, they're not building a promotion around them. And for me, that's like a noise kind of criticism when you have a business that is literally just trying to become an empire. And they're, they're doing way better than anyone thought they would. Yeah, especially considering that they've had, you know, most of their shows has, have happened during the pandemic. You know, it's now been what, a, a whole year nearly of running shows solely at Daly's place and every do single remember, do you remember when Cody came out and in the darkness of whatever gym they were at before they went to Daly's place and talking about we're going to do this we're going to keep going damned if they haven't kept going right right I mean yeah I mean yeah absolutely I mean they, they hit it out of the park every single week I think last week's Dynamite as we recalled this last week's Dynamite was one of the best 
shows have ever done uh, several people have said that and i think there absolutely was you know everything was pretty much everything on the show was was perfect and uh yeah um, I, i've thoroughly enjoyed aw uh, over the past year and uh i can't wait for them to get fans back uh, you obviously have had fans there yeah but a, a proper f- fan base if you like uh and i would love to see how guys like john silver get over with a, with a, with a full crowd i can't wait to see that because everything I hear about, everything I hear about the crowd they've got there now is John Silver is so over. But as I've said on this podcast before, it doesn't really come across all that much on TV. But if you have a full arena of people, I can't wait to see what how John Silver gets over. Yeah, he, uh, he's one of those people that, like, you don't, you don't notice them at first right right no absolutely because yep. i think it was on bte wasn't it that he really started to get notice and i think the story goes tony khan sort of pulled him to one side and acted like he was really mad at him it was like what are you doing you know I, I keep hearing great things about you on bte i'm not seeing it on dynamite but we have seen it every single week since then i mean he's just he's doing a phenomenal job and i can't wait to see his match with uh, derby this week that's horrible isn't it your boss pulling you aside mad at you wondering why you like you haven't been as awesome you're like wait what no i sure okay okay sure whatever you need <laughs> no absolutely and he really has risen to the occasion and, and has done a great job um anybody else really jumping out of you right now in, in aw that you uh, think uh could be a huge I, star i have to give a lot of credit to brett baker oh right yeah. now in, in all honesty um I feel like I wasn't loud enough when I I felt she was someone with so much potential back in the first event with her and Kylie Ray and everyone was talking Kylie Ray. Uh, and I was like, ah, she's all right. But everybody loved Kylie Ray. And I was like, nah, nah, the one, the one watching Britt Baker. That, that, that was, I feel like that one, that was a good call. Was that match with Thunder Rosa the best women's match in AEW so far, would you say? Best women's match in AEW, yes. Yeah, yeah easily. I would, would I you say, say that? I'd say easily it was, yeah, absolutely. I can't would think of what... The, Sorry, would go you on. say it's the best North American women's match you've ever seen? Oh, now that's a whole different, whole different thing entirely. Um, I don't know if I would go that far, but... It was certainly a phenomenal match. It might be the best one-on-one women's match that I've ever seen. Okay. My, my, the best one I've ever seen, I think, may have been... I'm trying to think what takeover it was. Uh, was it Brooklyn with Sasha and Bailey? That was a pretty good match. That's up there for me. But yeah, I mean, that was a phenomenal match with Thunder Rosa and, and Brett Baker for sure. I think it, it was easily the best women's match in AEW so far. And yeah, it's got to be up there as one of the best North American women's matches for sure. I wonder if down the line that is going to be argued as like a, a glass barrier breaking match. It could well be. I mean, it was probably the best main event on Dynamite I've seen since maybe the dog collar match with uh, Cody and Brody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that no, was... I'm, just, I'm thinking there's a very real possibility that we start talking about this match as a way that we, be, we as a collective society are viewing women's matches on pro wrestling. Because 
we would never get to see a match like that in WWE. Oh, no. And there weren't... Go ahead. No, no, you won't, because, I mean, for one thing, they don't do blood. So, yeah, you won't see a match like that in WWE. And you're not going to have that exposure in Ring of Honor or or Impact or even Stardom. So where was it going to happen? It had to be AEW. Yeah. Yeah. They They understand that they have an opportunity to be the first in a lot of things because they're willing to take chances and do things differently than what everybody's been watching for the last 20 years. Let's come on to the the final question I ask everyone now, which is if you could change one thing about the wrestling business. Now, you've heard all the the previous 17 responses to to this on the 17 previous shows, but if you could change one thing, what would it be? You know, I kind of feel this way about all my fandoms and all the hobbies that I have, and that is if something about what you like you don't like, that's okay. The sandbox is big enough for everybody, and what you like does not belong to you and you alone. There will be other things in this that you will like, and there will be things that you're going to have to be like, nope, I'm not into this. And sometimes you don't need to go on the internet and yell and tell everyone your opinion about why this needed to not be that thing. It's going to be okay. If we could get to that point where you really thought about what your opinion was and if everyone needed to know it, I would appreciate that. With that said, I think that our forum is one of the best forums for not doing that, and I like it for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're going to disagree here and there, but um, it's always done in a very civilised manner. You know, no one's going to ever you know leave the group because oh someone didn't agree with me so i'm gonna go off in a half or i'm gonna you know rant and rave because you don't agree with me which you you get that all the time on other forums but um yeah this is just such a great but we, we refer to each other as fam don't we, we, we yeah we, that's yeah. how that's how we think of each other and and uh yeah it's been an absolute honor has it been an honour? Is, is that too much? Is that too big of a word to use? No, it's not. No, it's not. It was an honour to know you. I'm going to go with that. It was an honour to have you on, Jeremy. It was. It was an honour. It was an honour across the board to one become your friend, to get to know you, to have this opportunity, and for all the things that have come from our interactions. Thank you. No, thank you, and and I, I look forward to um, all the future book club zoom call so i'm sure we're gonna we're, we're, we're sort of the two that are always there aren't we with, with garrett i mean some guys sort of um come in and out depending on what, on what book it is but we always seem to be the ones that are there i mean you you kind of got to be there though aren't you because you're the one sort of steering the ship so I, i'm a little bit of a wingman but i am i'm happy to participate i'm happy to just uh get and consume information that for me is the most fun it's just taking in all the stuff and learning learning this and talking to a random author that i never would have had an opportunity to this is this is honestly a lot of fun and it's just as much fun getting asked all these questions that nobody ever asked me about pro wrestling so uh thank you thank you thank you just as a sort of final question that just sort of came to me um out of all the books and we've only done I think we've done, is it four so far? Um, 
Have you got a favourite one so far? Of the ones that we've read? Of the ones we've Probably read. Probably the, the Dave Meltzer 97 book. It, it read really well. If I wanted to read about one aspect of it, I could just jump through it. I didn't have to read it by chapter that he set up, and it made it a lot easier for me to get through once I got through everything and then waited for the 100 pages of Bret Hart that were in that book. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. 100 pages. I am, um, I'm, I'm still... Those 100 pages. <laughs> I'm still sort of waiting to get Dave, because Dave has agreed to come on and do an interview. Uh, I'm still waiting for that day because I sent him several emails. He said, oh, just, just keep in contact with me. So I've, I've kept... Um, I don't know if pest is the right word, but yeah, it's not far off. I keep sending him emails uh, saying... Persistency will pay off, my friend. I hope so. I'm hoping that one day he'll just like email me and say, OK, let's do it tonight. And I'm like, I've got, I've got, I've got to like drop everything because David said, oh, yeah, we can do the interview tonight. But um, Jeremy, it's been an absolute... Like I said, it's been an honour. It's um, I echo everything you said. Um, it's a privilege to know you and... and uh, I, I really enjoy interacting with you on on the Facebook group, and uh, I would love to have you on again, uh, whatever podcast I choose to do in the future. Because obviously, this podcast is going to have a relatively short shelf life. You know, I'm going to run out of guests eventually, so I do want to do more podcasts. I don't know what about yet. Oh, obviously about wrestling, but I don't know what kind of podcast it's going to be. But uh, yeah, I would love to have you back at some point. Well, when you start doing your spotlights on Brett, and you start fallen out of your your Brett love you find me about Sean and we'll, we'll go from there I don't think that's going to happen you know I really can't see that happening but <laughs> oh well, well that was my pitch I tried what about Kurt are you a big fan of Kurt uh Kurt in WWE as soon as the drugs really started taking over <laughs> it, was, it was a little hard for me but uh we'll, we'll talk offline <laughs> But I mean, outside of Sean, I mean, I mean, obviously we've kind of finished off the podcast now. But just as one final question, I guess, who else would be yeah. in like the top five? So Sean's number one, but who else would be in like your top five favorites of all time? Uh, you know, I I will put Cena on there mainly because I felt like I've tracked his career in such a way where I was there for his first match. I was there for 21. I was there for 28. Right. Those are three you know, pretty were, pivotal moments in his career. Those were yeah. three pretty pivotal moments. And so there, there's kind of a thing there that's hard for me not to cheer for him, even though everyone else is like, LOL, Cena wins. I totally get it. I just, I can never hate him as much. Uh, other than that, Eddie Guerrero. Uh, yeah. Right now, John Moxley is just, Next level stuff, Kenny Omega, Kazuchi Okada. That's not a bad list. Uh, Jeremy, thanks once again. And uh, yeah, like I say, love to have you back at some point in the future for whatever I do in the future. Until next time, David. Thanks. Take care.